So yeah, I mean, like what we what we've done is we just we're not precious about it. Um, we we will say this is what this is what you get, and then if you want all of that, it costs this much. That's just how we approach things. So, you know, if that's too much money, then there are things that we can take away. But if you want the full blown like top tier experience, like this is what it's going to cost you. Yeah, and I mean some of the stuff you guys are doing, like with with your agency, where you've got like you can get the DeLorean and stuff. Yeah, I mean I, some of that stuff is like next level. Like that's incredible to me, and like to be able to sell a package like that. I, I mean I'd love for us to work up to a point like that. Sure, but I mean um, like full disclosure, I get inquiries for that very very seldomly, and I'm not providing that service. That's me. yeah, you're outsourcing it exactly. Right? So while you know it looks like a like a like a big baller kind of move but you can you can make those partnerships you can do those things without um without you know big capital expenditures you can kind of you know fake it till you make it i uh i think it was it might have been dan who was saying something about it in a previous episode about uh, like elevating yourself yeah was was that I think it maybe even was like the last episode with yeah, uh, just kind of like you know again, this is a branding thing. you kind of put out you put out the 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 reputation that you want to have, so if you want to if you, if you want to play the higher end things you 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 present yourself as higher end you you kind of project that onto yourself and then that tends to come back to you that way. That's why yeah, I was saying I, like the, the whole wedding thing and the studio thing, like you have to kind of show people what that looks like. Yeah. We, we've, uh, we've got some weddings coming up and that's, I mean, it's a, it'll be one of them is, you know, going to be super, super luxed out and ritzy. Yep. You should hire and, a video uh, crew for that. one. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I, I, that's kind of what I was thinking was, uh, at least get some video from it to show that, Hey, like, you know, we can clean up and keep the stage nice and not be, you know, acting wild and can be at a manageable volume with 86 year olds and yep. three year olds in the crowd. Kind of. Yeah. I, and I would go ahead and reach out to the, uh, the bridal party and, you know, cause I'm, I'm assuming you guys are making a little extra on that one due to the, the nature of the event. Yeah. I would put, uh, I mean, I would put a little bit of that margin into hiring a video team and, and make sure you, <laughs> Make sure you let the bride know. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, that's one way to do it. And I've not had success with this in the past, but it's, it never hurts to ask. Um, if, you, if you can get the contact of the video or, or photography person uh, that's shooting their wedding, um, sometimes you can slip them a little bit and they'll, they'll help you out with, with some footage. Um, it's, it's hard to make those, those kind of communications. Like, you'll probably get pictures, no doubt. Um, you should always make sure you get contacts from photographers at those kinds of things. I mean, I, I like the idea of contacting them. I, th- I think that would be something I would like to, you know, maybe try to pull the move of like at the wedding, be like, hey, uh, here's a 50. You get some good shots of us. Sure. I mean, and you can do that. Um, but it, it's I, probably more cost efficient to just ask first. <laughs> well, it, it may be. Ex- no, I would say it's not more cost efficient. They'll probably charge you more money, but if they go in knowing that they're doing double duty, they'll do a better job. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really uh, it's something I wouldn't have thought to do. Yeah, so that's a really good idea that I'll try to. I'm going to definitely follow through on that. Yep. So 
like I said, I, I think I think you're you're ninety percent of the way there. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're kind of missing the. Uh, like we don't. I feel like we don't really have a logo. And like you know, I looked at. I saw your guys's MTV logo. Yep. And it's like you know, I mean, that's like, it's, I it's iconic. It's but it's still original. Yep. And it's you know it it's slick and smooth, and I'm sure it looks good on merchandise and cards and stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like we don't have one of those. And I heard, you know, I, I I knew I was familiar with Fiverr, yeah. But I haven't really necessarily used it myself. And I, I I was, you know, what kind of experiences have you had with it as far as like outsourcing like design work like that? I, I think you have to be willing to roll the dice and maybe not get what you put in out of it to kind of get to a point. Um, most of those deals, like Fiverr, is a bit it's a bit confusing and it's a bit misleading. There's very little work that can be gotten for $5, but it does, they, they provide kind of like a tiered service, but a lot of them do include like, we'll present three different logos and with two revisions or whatever. So you could for 50 to hundred bucks, you know, get that work put in. Um, but like I said, I think you guys kind of need to get a good, you got to get your head around exactly what it is you're trying to project. Once you do that, you can then, you know, ex- you can you can express that or, or put it in writing and send it to somebody who can then interpret it into, you know, a, a physical logo or, or, or branding material, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think it's, uh, I mean, is it, do you, do you think it's really important for us to like have that logo that's maintained that's always the same or do you think it should just kind of be this organic living thing that kind of changes from season to season and time you know from time to time i would say you need to be open to both ideas because depending on what you get back like it may just be that logo but like members only's logo has changed a lot um mostly because i did it um and I'm, you know, constantly learning new things and, you know, trying to improve stuff and tweak things. But, you know, we, we it took probably two or three years to find the general logo that we use the most. Um, but I don't necessarily see us changing it other than just kind of supplementing out different takes like the MTV logo or the Stranger Things uh, logo. I mean, uh, kind of thing. what are you guys going to name the 90s band? Uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Ah. Uh, like the movie. Yeah. That's uh, I was I was almost expecting some sort of uh clothing like Bugle Boy or something. <laughs> nah, it wasn't. It just kind of that one kind of popped in my head and it wasn't taken by anything yeah. significant. So I was like, that seems like a good idea. Because I mean, the whole idea is you're trying to like sell it as like it's this fun, high energy. It's gonna make you. It's gonna make you think of like you were in like it wants. We want you to feel like you're in high school, and so why not use like the most iconic '90s movie about high school? You know. Besides there's a there's actually a fairly new band in my market and uh, I won't name drop them because I don't really know them. And, yeah. You know, hunt them on your own. But they're uh, they're playing with this idea of they do three sets and they're doing a 70s, 80s and then a 90s set with full costume changes in between sets. It's a lot of work. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of laundry. And yeah, that's kind of what I, it seems like a lot of work to me. Uh but they don't seem to be taking off. And like these guys are coming from a, like half these guys were in a project before 
that was kind of like Steel Panther to an extent, you know what I mean? Like the 80s hair, like over the top, you know, and they were super, super successful in our market. And then they kind of like, I I don't know what happened. They went on a hiatus. They came back. They played a handful of shows. Now they've got bookings, but they're like eight months out, and this new band is half of those guys. So yeah. you know, who knows what's going on with that? But I thought that the idea of doing the the three things, I, I was like, you know, that's pretty different idea, especially throwing it back to the seventies. I feel like an eighties, nineties, and two thousands would maybe be a little more for the newer yep. kind of market. Yeah, that my what I was concerned with is that you're basically guaranteeing that only a third of the audience stays for any one of your sets. Because, yeah, you know, with with very few exceptions, you know, people want to hear seventies, eighties, or nineties, not all of them. And you, you could probably get away with eighties and nineties, but they kind of have to be on brand between the two. They kind of have to be similar kinds of tunes. I mean, that's kind of what we're we're dealing with right now is is coming up with a good mix of of variety for the nineties thing, so that we can do a show as members only and can't hardly wait. Uh, on the same bill, which we're doing in September, um, and it feel, you know, congruent. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel like that'll probably flow pretty well together, especially with it just being two instead of three. Right. And I'm, I'm assuming you guys will do one big giant set, take a pretty hefty break, and then do one big giant set. Yep. Yeah, I, it almost like it would be two different bands. Kind well, of. Yeah, it will. It, it's billed that way, so we will... You, uh, you ought to have the sound guy that you outsource, like switch your guys' equipment from like once, like take your uh, quote unquote rig from one side of the stage to the other or something, you know? So it looks like there's a switch between yeah. bands. Yeah. We, yeah something we'll like that could be pretty, out. pretty, pretty good gimmick, you know, funny gimmick at least. Yeah. But yeah, it's, this, this, this is kind of a new development. We'll be kind of working through that. I've actually got tracks to do <laughs> sometime soon. So <laughs> I've got to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we, we have never really, done the tracks much we've we've talked about it you also have six guys and uh it's yeah in my you have a little bit less of a need for it you know we're doing in four and five piece and you've got a keyboard player that's like in the band that's the thing that we you know we have the hardest time finding i've 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 tried three different keyboard players they've all flaked out or not worked so i just stopped looking for one oh yeah he's totally 80s guy all the way too like that's like his bread and butter. Of course. That's what he loves. That's like his favorite music. He loves it. Yeah. Like, But yeah, I mean, that's what's cool is that you can, you guys, I think, I think what you guys could probably do in the season that you're in now, even in the midst of that, is that you can start doing more themed nights. So like you were saying, you're doing like an 80s night. You, you should be able to do that. And, and that might allow you to play better gigs more frequently because it's the same band, but it's a different, you're probably playing it to a different crowd and a different market at a different venue. So, um, or you might be able to bill yourself as like, Hey, we can set up once and play Friday and Saturday to completely different sets, you know? So you, yeah, that's, there's kind of ways. That's, to that's one that's like that idea is like, there's one band in our market that does Friday, Saturdays and nobody else seems to do them. And I mean, I, we would be open to doing a Friday, Saturday at the same place. Sure. So, uh, so I don't know how to like, maybe even like, I don't, I guess I don't know how to get that idea even on the table and open and accepting to some of these owners. But I, I think, you know, whenever they come around for, you know, Hey, what about next dates? I was like, Hey, let me just throw something out here. See, see what you think. You know, we've got enough material. You know, what do you say we do this and this for this, for this amount of money? 
and just see what they say. They may say no, or they, you know, it, I think it depends on your cachet at the spot. So if yeah, you've been doing well, you know, they'll be more open to it. And if you haven't done as well as they'd like, then, you know, maybe not. But Yeah, and we're in this position where we've kind of just broke through in these places. Sure. And we've played there a few times, a hand, you know, one, two, three times, you know, once every couple months or so. Yeah. And uh, so now it's, you know, it's time to revisit and kind of renegotiate and re-up for next year, yep. so to speak. It's a good, t- it's a, you know, you're um, in the right season to have those conversations, so... Going going back to a little bit of our earlier conversation yeah. with uh, you know like kind of increasing that headroom as far as payment you know that's yeah. something we've had to deal with is going from you know basically getting paid nothing and uh, you, do you have any advice on how to like keep climbing that ladder you know so to speak well, you, or any, any any ways to you know basically get to the top of that pay echelon? Well, I think. If you're talking about public dates, you are only you're only as good as your last show. So, the way that you work your way up in these venues is you 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 kind of start spreading out to different clubs, and you say, you know, try and try and, when you go and you play those dates at the club, try to see if you can get attendance and or bar sales, um, because that's the those are the numbers that that club owners want to hear. So what that would allow you to do is you could go into a bar and say, hey, we're interested in, in playing here. You know, we played at this club, you know, six weeks ago, and they had this many people and, you know, bar sales were like this. Um, we, you know, we could probably do the same for you. You know, what do you think? Just kind of that kind of deal. Yeah, we, uh, we actually we, uh, have a return date at this club that was kind of hard for us to get into. Uh, and it's kind of in a new scenario. Like it's, it's definitely, we've almost maxed out their pay scale. Yeah. And basically their counter offer to me was, well, for, you know, over every 60 heads will kick in, you know, so chip in more money. So, I mean, I've got somebody coming with a counter to just rail it every time somebody pays at the door, bang, bang, bang. Yep. And it's, uh, you know, it, that one's kind of got me in this peculiar situation because, you know, I want to book there next year, but it's underneath my bottom dollar. But it's uh, there was a huge bar, live music bar, right next to it. You know, they like face each other, and they're these huge music bars, and the one closed. Yeah. And so it's like you know now I'm kind of torn of, well, do I you know keep just trying to pack the place to get up to my bottom dollar, or do I just you know keep kind of risk rolling the dice on that? You know, I it's that's kind of a tough call. Like you know, because I, I, I it might have been you or Dan that had said you know hit your bottom dollar and don't go below it. Yeah. I think what what I would start doing is start negotiating different terms. So if they can only pay you this much, uh, you know, as far as like a guarantee goes, you know, you may want to say, okay, well, instead of, you know, paying me X over, you know, 60 people in the room, why don't you give us a cut of the bar? You know, those are those are terms that you can negotiate in, depending on, you know, if they're game or not. And it, you know, it's a one another one of those things where you're kind of assuming the risk, but you know, if you swing big and it goes well, then you stand to make a lot of money. So, uh, Jimmy, come back. All right, I'm back. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, I mean, I think at a certain point you're gonna you kind of have to assume that risk, you know. Yep. 
for lack of a better example, you know, the Rolling Stones probably aren't getting many guarantees, but they know they're going to sell 100,000 tickets, you know. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of these bands, it actually doesn't make sense to, to take guarantees because they'll lose money. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know if we are to that level yet, but I can definitely see that in, in the near future to where we're going to outpace what people can guarantee to us. Yeah, I, I think you just need to kind of figure out what that looks like and, and if your guys are on board uh, to take that kind of that kind of risk. Um, I mean, they, they uh, for the most part, they... We have a pretty trusting relationship. They trust me to, you know, make decisions for, for them, and I trust them to, you know, not fight me tooth and nail if they don't agree with something. Um, do you have any advice for me on how to maybe get into uh, selling tickets or ticketing a venue or anything like that, you know, kind of leveling, maybe just not leveling up, but maybe kind of sliding into that public forum instead of the bar forum? Yeah, I mean, are there are there venues around you that do that kind of, th- those kinds of nights? Um, I mean, there, there are, see, there, there are some theaters. I don't think they have done those type of nights. And there is a, like a live music venue that has opened that they just keep having... Uh, basically, you know, like hardcore and bands come in, but it's not that kind of venue. Like yeah. they rent it out as a wedding hall. Sure. And, you know, they use it like a hall like that, but they have this big, nice stage. And I had thought about maybe approaching them with trying to do maybe like a ticketed event. You know, we could do like a, a you know, an adult prom or something. Yeah. You know, one of the event, you know, how we were, we were talking about doing like a specific, you know, a little more themed night and maybe trying to take an idea like that to them. As, as well, you know, to maybe like get the ball rolling on yeah. a ticketed event or something, you know, it'd be like, hey, like, would you guys be interested in this? I, I mean, it's I feel like that's how I, in this business I've had to do everything is just kind of make that first call and kind of wing it, you know? Yeah, I would say um, I would say put some thought around what it is exactly you want to do and then reach out to the venue and see what renting that space out looks like. Because you're gonna have to do some, you're gonna have to crunch some serious numbers to figure out if uh, the juice is worth the squeeze on throwing an event like that. Um, I remember this was a while ago in another group uh, talking to a guy who was putting on a lot of these. They were putting on their own events at like hotel ballrooms and things like that, and they they provide the production and the catering and the making a deal with the hotel and the rooms and stuff, and they looked like a blast. But I knew that they were doing all the work, and I was like, "Hey, man, what are you what are you walking away with every time you do one of these?" And he told me a number that, like, I I wouldn't have taken. <laughs> like, they were spending all of this money, and they were not making hardly. Uh, they probably weren't even making like an eighth of what they were spending. And it's like, what's the end game? You know, like, where is that? I mean, if that were me in that kind of situation, like, what would I be using that to propel me towards to eventually hit that payday? I guess, kind of, is how I would view that. Yeah, there was no, there was no payoff. I I don't know what they were, what they could have swung more for, other than charging more for admission. But yeah, it was just like it just wasn't the juice wasn't worth the squeeze to me. Now, for them though, in their market, it's a big event and it gave them a lot of cachet. So. There is that, and it does show potential clients that you know how to logistically put something on, and that that might be that might be the move is that they they fork all this money out. So I mean, it's it's almost kind of like uh, like there's this band in our our, uh, our neck of the woods. They're like a '50s '60s cover band, you yeah. know. 
just do 50s and 60s. And honestly, those guys, uh, the one guitar player is, you know, like an executive at Sweetwater. So, you know, they're really good. They're really good, and they have been for a long time. You know, they only probably play around here like four times a year, but they do like a cruise every other year, like a 14-day cruise. Yeah. And so it's I imagine it would be similar to kind of like a destination like that. Yeah. Is kind of what they're doing, only they're doing it like at a local hotel, kind of. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically the idea. They're just kind of they're making sure the um you know I mean they're literally covering everything. You know, a lot of for a lot of these things like that we do, somebody else is putting the event on and they're just hiring us. They're kind of cutting that out. They're actually doing all the work themselves. I just don't, you know, that's kind of a hard sell for me. Yeah, oh, more work for less money. Yeah, yeah. I can not a fan. It's because I mean, we we've definitely tossed the idea around of trying to do a uh, like a destination kind of gig or set of gigs, you know, like come party with us on this beach, a thousand miles from home for spring break or something. Sure. Uh, you know, we have I I have some contacts, you know, that could probably help us out in Florida, but it's it's one of those where it's like, hmm, like I don't know, do you do you is that like. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it. That's a lot of work for who knows if any. You know, are we only going to get five people to go with us? Well, yeah. I mean, if you pull it off, it, it it could be epic. But if you don't, you could you know lose so much money, or you know your reputation or any other number of things. So, um, and and I think that's something to, that's a little further down the line. I know bands that are that are very very far along that probably couldn't pull that just yet. So. It is. It's something to strive for, no doubt. You know, if you can be the party legends of uh, of that area, that that does that's that's worth something. So, yeah. Um, how uh, how are your experiences branching out into other markets? Um, it's it's been challenging um, because just like anything else, it's hard to it's hard to show people um, that you've got something going on when they're not kind of fluent in your market and the other thing that we deal with is that for a lot of for where we are there is a big touring circuit so for us to go into a new market as an 80s band we would you know we'll we would approach a venue and like yeah we've got three of them already because there's there's these they're kind of like what you were saying these guys that have been around forever that have have kind of made these those those deals um the way that we've kind of found our way around that is by doing private events because once you do private events they kind of begat more private events and once you kind of get going there it 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 makes things a bit easier but you know it, it you you do have to be patient there's a there's a long game that just it's it's there with the exception of those crazy you know viral blowouts where like all of a sudden like you're huge overnight um those aren't you know you, what you, what you are are really aiming for and what you want to try to do is just do that consistent steady growth year over year and i mean you're not really going to hit your stride until year 4 year 5 year 6 because you 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 kind of have to just exist a while just so people know who you are just the, yeah, uh, I mean, it just takes a while. You know, there there is a band in our area that on you know their Facebook they're at like ten thousand likes, but they're like twenty years old, you know, and it's like they they get every gig that they swing at, you know, as far as like festival gigs and stuff like that. Sure. And yeah, we, I mean, we just can't 
can't compete with him, even though musicianship wise, we're every bit of that level, if not even a little bit more energetic and better at this point. Right. But it's just like they have just this like legion of doom following them, you know, like everywhere that they go. It's just this massive wave. And it's like, you know, the only way they've been able to accumulate that is they've been hitting this grind for like 20 years. And, you know, we've definitely run into that. And there's like a younger band in our market that it's like frustrating to see them go from like that 200, 300 fan level to like they're really gaining momentum, you know. Yeah. And it's they got this opportunity that we kind of – an opportunity above both of our levels that we would have, you know, killed to have that they kind of just got lucked out and got into. And it's kind of, you know, it's one of those like that jealousy thing where you're like, man, like – those guys are really good for me and they're good for my market. And like having them doing a similar thing to us is only good for both of us. But like, man, like that's, you know, it's like, why can't that be us? That's popping off right now, even though we're already up a level. So it's like, you know, it's, it's just getting it, you know, it's, it's like that weird, like I want every opportunity, but you can't have every, every opportunity. Yep. And so we're kind of looking at maybe trying to like branch out to some of the markets around us to escape some of these big massive bands sure. that we just can't get out from under, yeah, I mean, which I, I'm assuming those bands also exist in those other markets. They do for sure. Um, and, and typically when you do go out into new markets and you're just kind of getting started, you're, you're going to, you're going to start at the bottom. Um, you know, if you're from a bigger city and you're kind of going out, you, you might get a little more cachet and you might be able to negotiate better terms and people will come and see you just because you're from out of town. Um, but more times than not, you're, you're kind of starting off at square one. Um, like I said, man, I think, I think for a lot of these things, I think the branding is the, is the missing component. And once you kind of get that, it'll, it'll grease those wheels. I really think so. Yeah. It, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, like I didn't know how like breaking out of our market, if it would be starting at the bottom or if any of the clout we had built up would maybe travel with us to where they would be like, Oh yeah, these guys are seem pretty legit. You got to have numbers. You got to have a track record that you can prove to, to those venues. So, you know, make sure that you're keeping tabs on that kind of stuff because when you do that, it's easier to sell stuff. I can go to any place in town and say, I played this venue six weeks ago. We sold 200 tickets at, 10 to $25 a piece like that. That is, that's a language that promoters can understand. Yeah. Just have to show them how profitable I can make them. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point is that we are both money-making ventures. Let us partner together so that we can all make money together. That's what they're looking for. They don't care if you're good. They don't care if you look cool. They don't care honestly what you do. If you look professional, have a track record and, you know, proven sales, you know, you're, you're going to be, it's going to be easier to make those, those negotiations happen. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's, I feel like there's never any, uh, instant gratification when nope. it comes to booking anymore. It's all grind, 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 grind. Well, it's, it's, it's about putting the work in every day, little, you know, little bits of work that kind of, it's, it, you know, it's like a, like a snowball, you know, you, yeah. you put the work in and, you know, over time it kind of accumulates, you know, we've been around for, a, for almost five, a little over five years, maybe kind of around that time. And we're still, you know, I mean, we, we have to chase down leads just like everybody else. Like people, people come to us, which is cool, but it's not, you know, we're not drowning in it quite yet. Um, yeah. and, and we're, we're also not trying to, to do that kind of thing. Um, 
but I mean, we're still grinding. You know, if we wanted to, if we wanted to play in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is you know a little over two hours from here, like we'd be playing some nowhere spot. You know? hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's because. Muncie's about not even quite halfway to Indy for us, and like mm-hmm. that's a college town, and we could probably do pretty well in the. Co- I mean, we do well in the college market already, and it's a pretty small market for us in this particular area. So you know, we could realistically go an hour south and be in this not huge college town, but college town nonetheless. Yeah, and I- it's like you know, I just don't, I don't know how to like. I guess like you can't really swing your weight down there, so I, I mean, I guess it makes more sense that it's essentially starting from the bottom maybe not quite the, no, the bottom bottom not necessarily but. because like if you're doing if you're wanting to do like frat parties or like you know that would be where the money would be it would be frat parties at this point um but what you would need to do is you would need to you know do some google foo do some research find out who the social chairs are again you still have to the promo material is really where it's at you're like hey this is what we do we can do x y and z this is how much we um, cost. we'd love to work with you do sororities do parties like that uh, if they have houses and they can, uh, for risk management, I feel like that's, I don't know if they can necessarily do that. but <laughs> That's fair. Sorority girls go I, to frat well, parties. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, I, we definitely have aimed our demo at the 35 and under female demographic. Trust me, dudes and frats want that too. Um, okay, yeah, that's, I mean, that makes sense. It's been a while since I was that age, but yeah, you've, you make a very, very good point with the, yeah, they definitely want the place packed with chicks. Yeah. So if you can do that, then more power, more power to both of you. But yeah, I think I think a college, the college market's good because again, talking about a long game. So right now you're playing at their frat party, but over time, you know you're you going to be band, playing at their corporate party. Well, also you're going to be playing at their weddings, which you know they'll yeah. you you kind of lay that foundation. So that's the thing that you need to realize that when you start getting into the private market, you're not, you're not playing this gig for tonight. You're playing this gig for six months to two years down the road. Cause the people who are in this crowd, you know, they don't need you right now. They're having a good time and they enjoy it. But six months, to two years down the road, they might need a band. And those are the, that's, that's what comes back to you. It's not necessarily the, the show you're playing that night. It's the people that are at that show that need a band later on. Yeah. I mean, that, especially in the college market, I mean, isn't that kind of how frats work anyway? <laughs> you're yeah. just kind of involving yourself on the outside of it to an extent. Yeah, to a degree, but it, it just kind of, it's private work begats more private work. And yeah. it just kind of continues to build like that. More so, um, but and and a lot of times, you know, the pri- the public stuff does that as well. It's just it depends on your clientele. Did you guys afford. start off in the the corporate sector? Yes. Or did you you so you kind of had some of those contacts already? Yeah, I mean, what what ended up happening with us is that we started off. There was an imp- there was a version of this that was a club band, and it just wasn't it wasn't jiving. It wasn't really. I, Somebody else was in charge of it, and I didn't like the direction. So I reached out to some people and made some contacts. But like the first gig that we, the first wedding we booked was from a from a club date that we played. But like we plugged in with an agency that had a need for private events, and so we just started kind of playing that. But we landed in that world as a corporate band, not as a not as a bar band trying to clean up our act. Yeah. I guess. So um, we had just approached it differently. 
speaking of the agency, uh, do, is that do you think that's a viable way to use an agency to like say break into uh, another market? It, it's a way of kind of you know, again putting on airs. So you can you can create a website with an email address and and put the band under that umbrella, and that can give you uh, kind of it can kind of project you a bit further out, um, and it does kind of establish you in a way. But I don't know if it's absolutely necessary to get there because a lot of times people can smell that stuff. Um, if you don't know what you're talking about, people that kind of email like, oh, I'm the manager for so-and-so, you can see through that pretty easily. Um, yeah. And and that's the other thing that people need to realize is that if if, if you're dealing with like booking agents at venues, like they, they can weed out BS pretty quickly. So if you, if you can, if you can play the game and you can talk it up, you know, it might be advantageous for you, but I'm not doing a whole lot of cold calling from that, that, uh, banner. I'm more looking to solicit inquiries and generate leads from Off the site that banner. itself. Yeah. Um, have you ever worked with a booking agent in a cover band aspect before? Yes. Uh, would you of, say the experience was one that was worth it? Um, management and, and agencies only make a percentage off of what you what they sell, and um, if they don't know how to sell you, you won't work with them. That's uh, that seems fair, I guess. Uh, I mean, from your experiences with it, did they propel you anywhere that you were going or was it kind of status quo of what you were already kind of accomplishing on your own or able to accomplish on your own? I would say that um, if it did, I wouldn't have started my own. That's fair. That was, um, that was I mean, kind of the point was like uh, we, we, we still you, you have – we still have non-exclusive deals with a couple of agencies, but they're not the one. They're not pulling in a majority of our work. Yeah, they're. It's occasional or a fill-in or something like yep. that for you. A fill-in, like you guys are using it to like supplement your schedule because it's Correct. like, oh, hey, we've got this open spot. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, because we've definitely tossed around the idea of maybe inquiring about an agent to be able to maybe book us somewhere like. Grand Rapids no, you, to where they can you should, where they can get us some stuff. Like yeah, that. you should definitely inquire. I just wouldn't necessarily hang your hat on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could ever let go of the control. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. If when you, if you've got somebody that's telling you you've got twenty four thousand dollars gigs lined up, it 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 gets pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that that would uh, I would be like, yes, sir. I mean, that's, Where do I need to be? That's that's what I'm saying, man. Like you guys billing yourselves as a wedding band, you've got kind of like that cool, kind of hipster hipster slick kind of look. And once once you have the the material behind it to sell it, I think you'll be you'll be locked for that kind of work. And you you could kind of get into that that deal you're making two to five grand every weekend, you know, during wedding season. That's totally within the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's- it's a uh, such a slippery slope though, because man, like some of the 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 bar gigs are, you know, we played one and it was like, man, that was like a real rock concert. Like yeah. the energy was, you know, and it's like, it, it's just, uh, you know, it, it tears at my heart a little bit that like you you have to give you have to give up some of one to like be able to you know, make some money and survive at doing it. Yeah, and, but it doesn't. One doesn't necessarily negate the other. Like you can play club dates and play weddings. 
there's nothing stopping yeah. you. Um, but you have to be willing to trade off the fun that you're going to have at a public date for the money that you would have made at a private date. And 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 don't get me wrong, private dates can be total slogs because yeah, you, sometimes you're playing to an, a, a completely indifferent room, and that paycheck is the only thing that's given you any sort of you know oomph on stage. But I think there's a healthy medium between the two. Yeah, I I mean I I don't think we could ever swing a hundred percent to the corporate side, just because I think, you know, the, the sparkle of it would, you know, we would need that jump every once in a while to be like, Oh yeah. Like this is, this is, this is what the Rolling Stones feel like, you know? I don't know, man. Weddings can get pretty, pretty lit. Uh, the weddings that we have done to this point, the weddings have been pretty fun. Um, but I went to recently went to a wedding that was pretty ritzy and like, you know, there's no way we could have like, please the whole entire crowd you know what i mean like or even come close like it was this hey man that's not your job at a wedding your job is to make the bride happy the bride happy don't you worry about grandma if grandma is going to be mad at somebody she can be mad at the bride (laughs) i don't take i don't take requests from anybody i don't take i don't i don't take any feedback from anybody but the lady in the white dress because if she's not having a good time nobody's having a good time so don't i yeah don't sweat that that's that's stuff you don't need to worry about um if the bride loves you you're golden have you noticed with as an 80s band has that affected the age of uh like your wedding consumers yeah yeah i mean we we are (laughs) we're (laughs) we're kind of in the second wedding uh echelon a lot it's i mean i would i would kind of assume uh uh, I would kind of assume that it would be like people that wanted that music kind of as a nostalgic effect for them. Yeah, and you know sometimes it's a it, it's a themed kind of deal, but like it's it's what we're dealing with is people um, in their yeah in their mid to late thirties or forties that are getting married for the first time or maybe their second time. Um, but we also have the imprint that does the top forty thing, and so we've done every we've done you know we've done normal weddings. Um, okay. See, I didn't know you guys had a regular imprint. I mean, I kind of yeah. figured you would. You, I, I kind of figured you, you at least personally, had another project that could cover that. But I didn't realize it was kind of all under the same umbrella. But I guess with yeah. your agency, everything's kind of under your umbrella exactly. now, right? Yeah, I mean, we we have. I, I found high class party band was was not taken, so that's what I I decided on. It was like it doesn't really tell you anything, but it it also requires no imagination. You hear high class party band; those are like the four words you need to hear if you want to have a band at your wedding. So that seemed to work. Yeah, it's. I mean, the idea of having them the malt like you know, the single kind of purpose band like the having an eighties band, nineties band, country you know, classic country band. I mean, I I feel like that is really a, a route that we could go. But we've also kind of played, flirted with like original music, and so I feel like it'd be kind of maybe hard to discard the band yeah the brand of wrecked but i feel like maybe it could be you know we could do like you know wrecked country or or, yeah. or maybe some play oh, come on, like man. that no it's dixie wrecked dixie wrecked yeah. we actually had an idea we approached this brewery that's making some beer for bands we were like dude do a dixie wrecked rebel ale for us hell yeah and and they were like oh you know normally a band plays for free for that and we were like yeah keep your beer yeah bye like it was, it was a smaller one, and it's like we went after the big boy in our neighborhood because yeah. uh, you know some of us work for them, 
and uh, they we were we were pushing them pretty hard, and they're just kind of like, well, you know, hurdy hurdy her. Yeah. We're like, oh, come on, man, we've worked for you forever. Do it. Yeah, but I, like but, I said, I think I think what what you need to do is just is don't be afraid to try stuff. Just just get on the horn, get on like send send emails out, make phone calls, like just just see because. You you do have an like you've got a product to push like it's not like if if you asked for something and got it like you wouldn't be able to deliver you know what I mean yeah because I think sometimes bands can get in trouble because they they overpromise but they don't have any they don't have what they, they need don't have the goods and we you know when we were first getting started there were definitely a couple of situations where I did that and I we weren't prepared and that does affect you um, negatively if you can't pull it off but I think I don't think you're in that. You're not in that boat. I think you guys are good. Um, I mean, we've definitely, uh, I have done that to us, you know, where I've put it like the Zepfest, you know, the the one guy in the band, the bass player, he was like, you know, I don't think we should be doing gigs that aren't necessarily like who we are. And I was like, but who we are is we can do any, you never know what to expect. We can do anything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's an angle to that for sure. But I, I think you guys are both right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely uh, saw the point that he made because it's like, you know, we didn't do any Led Zeppelin for this beforehand. Right. I mean, we've, we've literally learned like 11 Led Zeppelin songs yeah. to do this. And, uh, it's, and you know, how many of them are going to survive right. and make it in, into an actual set list where we're not like paying homage to Led Zeppelin. Sure. So it's, uh, you know, I kind of understood it from there, but like the, the eighties thing and like how you guys, I mean, I, you know, you started the fanny pack Friday and like, I, that's still a reoccurring thing, right? Well, it was, but like we—that was—that was kind of the impetus of of doing the '90s imprint, was because yeah, that that was like the beginning of that. Then yeah, yeah, because people didn't don't want to see an '80s band do '90s. Like we had a really hard time with that second one getting people out because they didn't get like it was too confusing for an '80s band to do a '90s night. Yeah, that, I mean. I, that makes a lot of sense because, it, if, like for us, like if we did a '90s night, nobody would think anything of it, right? Um, the '80s night we're doing actually the original idea I had pitched was a boy band tribute. Now, those are those are working right now for a lot of spots. But well, I, I, I feel like that's going to crush it with that under thirty female demographic. Oh, for sure, for sure. Especially because we have three vocalists. I, I thought you know I was like oh that could be great, but then they kind of backtracked. We're like, well, what do you think about maybe doing an '80s? That might fit our demographic a little better. And, and I was like, I don't think it will, but hey. We love the '80s. Nah, man, an '80s night—it's an easy sell for most spots. So I think you'll be fine. But yeah, yeah I, I think I think each of those, each of those has legs. I think it's just a matter of just pitching it, branding it, and shipping it out the right way. Um, and that's but those are those are all moves that you can make that again just kind of build your cachet. And it, it's it, it kind of once you have your track record, you're like, we've done this and it worked. We did this and it worked. We did this and it worked. Like those, that's what's going to propel you. Um, how are how are some ways that you like? Do you just like track this information in a log, or like how how are you collecting this information to be able to present it to potential clients? Um, most of the time, it's just kind of putting it in an email or just mentioning it. Um, you know, for us, th- our main thing is like ticket sales and past clients. So that's all I really need to to keep. Um, so you you you're, you kind of just have a running list of like places that you play, yep. and just kind of basically every gig get a number of what your attendance was at. Yep. 
um, I guess for private gigs, you probably can't really use Facebook like that, can you? Um, you you can. It, it's just a different approach. Like we still post stuff about private events. You know, we're we're very we do want to share like what we've got going on, even if people can't go to them or see. Yeah, I was gonna what's going to say on. Un- initially we. Uh, we did not post them, but we have started to because well, yeah, it shows people to. that we are still busy and it shows people that we're available for basically hired guns. Exactly. You know, That's what you want. You want, to, you want to show people both of those things. Again, you're projecting. So we're playing another private event. Another private event's coming up. So people are like, oh, this is the band that plays private events. So, yeah, you, you do want to at least acknowledge them. You don't necessarily have to, you know, you, you're not going to go live to, on a corporate event. Um, or a wedding, it's kind of bad taste, but you can still take pictures, you can still post stuff, make sure that you are capturing everything. There's no such thing as too much content. Just make sure yeah, that you're Yeah, I, I mean, uh, one of the things that we've noticed some other bands in our area that have, I don't know if they're copying what we were doing or if they have, you know, naturally come up with the idea, but, you know, we always try to do some sort of intro video the day of a gig, you know, where we introduce it, we walk around the place, I know some other bands do that, but we've done like some parodies in them, you know, like fake commercials and some stuff like that. And one of them that we just did was for White Claw. And, uh, you know, we've noticed oh, some bands in our area that have like started doing this. And, you know, and it, we started doing that in the beginning just to generate content, just to have posts on our page. Because we were like, you know, anything we can get up there, if anybody sees it, you know, hey, if they like it, they'll watch it. Yep. Totally. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, that was just all in the name of content. And it's like it's hard with pictures because it's hard to post a picture every day. Well, that's one of those things where you take 100 pictures. And then, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that, that's, that's what I mean. Like having just like that back catalog, it's still, it's, you know, after you get through like eight or nine days, you like all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, I haven't done that in five. <laughs> right. But then you also start posting stuff that's not necessarily band related, but like is on brand just to kind of keep engagement up. There's, there's lots of ways to do that. Yeah, I had looked into some uh, numbers about, like, social media traffic. Yep. And so, like, I know typically for us, like, we're trying to post, like, Wednesdays and Thursdays, like, after 3 p.m. And Fridays and Saturdays after noon and Sunday, it's basically a free-for-all anytime that you can. Sure. And that was just from a study that we saw about how people use Facebook and Instagram and, like, when their peak times are. And so then instead of trying to generate content every day, it was just trying to generate content at opportune moments sure. of high traffic. Yep. And then you also need to kind of go into social media and, and interact, um, liking posts and, you know, commenting on stuff. You just have to put the work in. Again, it's a slog, man. There's no, there's, it, it's just it's little investments over time accumulating into this whole thing. So, um, For like your guys' ticketed events, yep. do you pay for Facebook, Facebook advertising? Um, we have previously, but the venue um, already budgets money for that, so we haven't done it previously in the past couple of times. But um, yeah, if I, if I think it'll make a difference, I'll, I'll throw money on it. Have you um, have you played with seeing if it actually works or not before? Um, I mean, your numbers get up, and there's not really a, a great way to quantify it. Um, all I know is that we've done it and had good nights. So for what that's yeah. worth. And, and you do get well, that reach I mean, what, for sure. Part of what, why I was asking is we had played some – we had actually broken out of town and we're playing in Toledo. So we ponied up to pay for some advertising. And, I mean, it was a pretty slow night there. You know, that's 
it, that is what it is. It happens to everybody. Yep. And uh, it was we had played there before, just blind with no advertising, and it definitely was way busier the night there was no advertising, and I felt like the advertising really didn't bring anyone in for us. Yep, it, it didn't even really get that much uh, interest online. It just said kind of doubled the amount of people that said they were going on Facebook. I think I, I don't think that's enough data to really like make a judgment. Yeah, you know, I just didn't know. I, I didn't know if you had played with it more to maybe be able to you know say hey yeah that's it, it, it's it's kind of hit or miss or it works sometimes I, I just didn't know kind of what your experiences were with with using it like that yeah i mean it, we've we've spent money and gotten returns kind of historically you know things have moved always when we when we have put money down but i, I don't think it's quantifiable in that sense um especially without doing it all the time and it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, you don't want to promote too much, and um, there, there's so many factors that kind of affect whether it, you know, you get better turnout or not. Um, and it, it is one of those factors, but it's it's just not enough. I mean, you know, you want to talk about organic reach versus paid reach, whatever. Like, you found me on, like, the smallest community. <laughs> yeah, on Reddit. On Reddit. So... But it was just because you know that seemed like a, a good channel to to give to people, so it, it, there there is no magic bullet for sure. Um, could it benefit you? Yes. Will it benefit you directly? I'm not sure. Um, do you think it is more beneficial to say advertise, just like hey, like a, a post or something? It's like now accepting bookings for 2020. Do you think you would be maybe there would be more payoff in advertising something like that, or even just kind of pushing for more likes, uh, you know, just a, Hey, we exist. Like, this is what we do. We're available for booking. Or do you think it's worth it? Or do you think the event promotion is like where it's at? I've done all three. And to be perfectly honest with you, the only ones that I feel like have really been worth it is for events. Um, because if you're paying to get more likes, then you're actually kind of screwing yourself because you're, the more likes you're you getting get, out of market more, likes. Well, not even that you, you're paying to reach those people. So you're paying Facebook to give you more likes so that they can charge you more to reach them later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of a, you're, you're paying Facebook twice basically in those, in that sense. Um, we've done the now booking ones and I will say that it has drawn traffic to the website, but I don't know if it necessarily, uh, we, we got the conversions that we were looking for out of that. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we have a, karaoke dj that's pretty friendly with our band that you know he has a production company and he does a lot of weddings and he's kind of helped us in the wedding circuit and he like well if people are looking for a band he'll send them our way and if we're out of people's price range we'll kind of send them his way you know we have a symbiotic relationship cool and he he does a he gets quite a bit of booking from facebook but i you know i don't know any bands that have done it with any kind of real success it can be done. It's just it's a matter of you know positioning yourself the right way. But but you know he's got the big fancy ad that said you know tells you what he can what services basically he, you know he's advertising it like any other business you know like a white pages ad yeah. kind of almost. Yeah. And I, mean, I just you know I don't I don't know how something like that would work for a band or if you have any experience with it or if you know of if anybody that's ever done it successfully or unsuccessfully. If you can put real money into it. And with some sort of like invitation where you can put them into some kind of sales funnel, 
uh, and you've got real money to put into it, like I'm talking like, you know, you, you take three grand and you throw it, you throw it at that problem over the course of a couple of months. Um, I think, I think you would get your money back. I think the, the, the real challenge is whether or not you have the ability to throw that kind of money at a situation like that. Yeah. It's kind of like suing, you know, McDonald's or something like they've just got endless money and lawyers to throw at it kind of. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of like, if you, if you do a paid ad that has a book now option and it's optimized for what it is you're trying to do and you can put enough, like you're basically paying for the access. And so if you can put three grand on it, that's way more eyeballs and they may not necessarily like your band, but they, they may hit your book now and you may be able to get them in that sales funnel. Um, down the line, but typically it's one of those things where it can help you level up, but you have to have the capital out front to, you know, to yeah. fund it. Yeah. The DJ guy, he, uh, I think he told me he has like a $300 a month budget is what he pumps into his. Yeah. And he's something, probably something around there. He's probably getting that money back every single month. 10 yeah. Days. He, he, he told me, yeah, that it, it was, you know, he was like, I will run it till I no longer do this. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is. If you if you've got the budget and you can afford it, it it will probably turn around on you. You'll you'll get you'll get more work. Well, because you know that's another thing we're running into with booking is it's just like you know uh, there's it's the people turn over and it's hard to keep your thumb on who's actually doing the booking yep. and it's you know who do, who am I even reaching out to because I've had almost no success reaching out to the clubs. Yeah, it's always having to find out who the the purchaser is and like contacting them you know individually is how i've had most of my successes with it at least that's how it works it's all about building relationships man you're gonna have to just put a name to a face and shake some babies and do the thing man (laughs) yeah um this this conversation was almost better than the episode (laughs) i I guess i must have got a little more comfortable you told me we weren't recording anymore and i was like oh yeah relax now well I, i would say at least in this capacity like i don't want to i don't want to put out an episode of the podcast where it's just you asking us questions that feels a little glad-handed and you know narcissistic i I really wanted the focus to be on you guys um but in the fact that we're just sitting here talking like good stuff's been coming out so what i'll probably do is i'll put this up on youtube and do it like a behind the pod it's kind of like a bonus episode I was gonna say, I mean, if you wanted to cut and edit it in in, in pieces and places that you can, you're more than welcome to no, do that. I, I, mean, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Now I'm literally gonna put this whole unedited hot mess up on YouTube and just bill it as a, <laughs> as a bonus feature. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I'm just trying to learn from you know, like you. You're in a bit. You're. Out of you and Dan, you're in the bigger market, so I like to, you know, it's nice to see, like, how your guys' market operates and, like, what you're doing to survive in your market and thrive in your yeah. market. And, you know, I, there are similarities between my band and then and your band, and there are similarities between my band and Dan's band. Totally. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're kind of, like, treading the, the, tr- the water in between the two of them, so I, I do really enjoy the podcast. Awesome. So you know, it's it's a it's really fun to get to be on something that I've listened to and have kind of <laughs> seen kind of from the beginning. Yeah. You know, definitely more of a lurker than a contributor, but not anymore, dude. You're in it. Yeah, you're a celebrity. You're a podcast celebrity. Now, which is yeah, now, now, <laughs> now Seth and I'll have to you know be real active in the groups. Yep. 
Well, it, yeah, and then we can be like, check it out. Here he is. See what, yeah, here, here they are. What does Jimmy have to say about this? I was given, I don't know if you saw, I was in the group, I was giving Ben crap about that. Um, that somebody, like I acknowledge, he, he jumped in on the conversation, like, you guys, this is what Ben, this is the Ben. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked the uh, the episode with Mike that was, I think, 62. Yeah. That was, uh, I really, I, I like a lot of how they have branded their band. And, like, oh, yeah, 100%. They, they, they like, helped, re, uh, that, that episode really helped me, like, feel better about the, like, yeah, there's no ceiling to this. Like, nope. this can go as high as it can go, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So that that was a that was a, a really cool. I, I liked the interview episode. That was uh, pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm liking the interview episodes. I'm like I really honestly love most of the episodes. Yeah, uh, there's definitely going to be more more interviews in the future. I think um, you know we can rattle on about stuff, but sometimes we even we need an outside ear for some stuff. So um, it's it's beneficial for all of us to to hear from from other people in the world. So. Yeah, it, uh, it's uh, it's been a big help for us, and you know, because we basically, I feel like the band might have started a little bit after the podcast, even maybe a little before, but mm-hmm. and so you know, it's from the very beginning. I've been leaning on you guys as a resource. So, awesome. Yeah, you know, keep it up. Thanks, guys. Happy to do it, man. Have yourself a wonderful evening. Don't uh, forget your Chauvet plug in there too. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta get those from Dan to put it out. <laughs> Oh, did you guys pre-record them? Uh, well, at this point, we've done them three or four times, so there's no point in like doing it during the the actual like recording. Yeah, just tap tagging it on the yep, front. Absolutely. All right, man. Talk All right, yeah. You. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, thanks for everything. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I'm on top of the world when you guys check back with me. Sounds good, man. Talk soon. All right. See yep. You. Thank you very much. Bye.